everybody, it is co-host Doug, and you are listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Before we join Matt for today's episode, and it's going to be a good one, I have a few quick announcements for you. First up, a huge thanks to everyone who has been subscribing and reviewing No Meat Athlete Radio in iTunes. Those reviews help our rankings out big time, and they help get the word out about the show to new listeners. As a way to thank those who take the time to review the show, we're going to give a few shout-outs today. First up, Jim T519, Jackson's Mom Orlando, XOXO Music, Dana Winks, and Rondo PG. Thanks so much, guys, for reviewing the show and for leaving your comments and suggestions. To join these people and leave us a review, just search for Nomad Athlete Radio Podcast in iTunes Store and give us a review. The second announcement is one I'm pretty stoked about, and I think you will be too. Matt and I will be mixing things up with the podcast in 2015, and one thing we're really going to be focusing on is listener questions. You can now start submitting questions directly to us one of two different ways, and we'll answer a few of these questions each week on the podcast. The first way, and in my opinion the more exciting way, is through voicemail. We set up a number just for Nomad Athlete Radio that goes straight to voicemail, where you can leave us a message and we'll play and answer our favorite questions live on the air. Just as a heads up, it will ring a few times, but that number isn't tied to either of our phones, so no one will answer. Just call 951-666-3281, or for those of you who are more into words than numbers, that's 951-NO-MEAT-1. Don't worry, we'll post that number on today's show notes in case you didn't catch it. If voicemail isn't your thing, you can always submit your questions via email at radio at nomeatathlete.com. All right, that's it for now. Thanks for sticking around, and enjoy the show. Are we ready? Let's do it. One, two, three. Hi, this is Hope. This is Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Radio. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 48 of No Meat Athlete Radio. Matt and Doug here with a brand new episode for you. We're in a brand new space in my new house. Uh, Doug and I each moved since our last episode, which partly explains the, uh, what, week and a half layoff between episodes, <laughs> but uh, we'll be picking them back up soon here. We've got a, a better space now and hope, and some changes ahead too for the show. So, And a really legit... Uh, podcasting desk that we are coming to you from right now. Yeah, a nice table from Ikea. We did the family Ikea trip, pick up some of Sweden's finest, and brought home a <laughs> bunch of stuff. So uh, it's good. The, the move has been hellish in many ways, uh, but we're, we're getting there. So it feels good. It's it's December now. I guess this might be our first podcast episode in December. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it will. Yeah. So uh, that's exciting for me uh, because I like December. This is my favorite month, and that's... When I was a kid, I guess because it was Christmas and my birthday. My birthday is the day after Christmas. But as I've become an adult, it's been more about... Uh, I've started to really like New Year's. Like, I just love that holiday as a as a day to, you know, fresh start. Like, big, I'm big on ideas and being optimistic and goals and all that. So it's just... it's I like the, the holiday for that reason. And I really like using the month of December to kind of lead up to it. And really to be in better shape than someone who just sets a goal on December 31st and then forgets about it in most cases by the end of January. So that's what we're talking about today. And before we do, Doug, you've already given us the announcements, but we should mention, uh, we just found out today that Greatest uh, recognized us as one of their 19 must-listen podcasts. If you haven't seen Greatest, it's G-R-E-A-T-I-S-T, like kind of like artist, but it's Great Greatest. And it's a cool site about health and fitness. And you you had a guest post on there recently, right? I did. I had a guest post on what to eat before your before your next race, which uh, was cool. And we can add that to the show notes. But yeah, this was it was neat to be honored and picked up by by greatest on this list. Yeah, it's like as we've mentioned before, the podcast is one of those things where you don't get a ton of feedback from it. Like other than the iTunes reviews, you just there aren't people don't comment that much on podcasts. It's just how podcasts are, it seems. But we've we've had a lot of in person. And like on Twitter and stuff, a lot of people saying they really like it. But right. this is the first thing, like I think, where we've gotten any kind of recognition that is from like some other, you know, third party, which is cool. I mean, it, it's fun. We're right there in the plant-based section of their nineteen uh, with Rich Roll is the other one, and Kimberly Snyder with the Realize Yourself podcast, which I haven't personally heard of or listened to, but uh, it's a must listen. So I think I must listen to it. Yeah, it's definitely a must listen. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, thank you, Greatest, for including us. If you want to check that out, we'll put the link there. You could also probably Google like Greatest uh, 19 Must Listen Podcast, and maybe you'll find it. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it, it is cool to be recognized because we are putting a lot more effort in the show recently and, and have some cool things coming up, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, uh, new changes for 2015 that, that we're excited about. Yeah, I think it's I think that, that we're in a new space is sort of symbolic of that we have some, I don't know, we're just we're just investing more in the podcast, mainly in terms of time, but even in terms of, of money, you know, just to, to do yeah. stuff. Yeah, so we're excited. I hope you guys are enjoying the, the episode. It seems like people are apologize that we took whatever 10 or 10 days or two weeks between episodes because we're trying really not to do that anymore but uh i don't know i don't feel too bad about it given, <laughs> given how our past weeks week has been and the holiday of course and the holiday yeah. right what there was a holiday thanksgiving oh yeah right that's i don't like thanksgiving see that's why I, I, i've erased <laughs> that from my memory already yeah too bad <clears throat> yeah so so tell me why is it that you love uh december so much so i as i said like i'm even when I was a kid, I remember I just got really excited December 31st when I started to learn about New Year's resolutions. I, probably when I was in like high school or middle school, mm-hmm. I just always loved that that feeling as much as it really is just an illusion. Like it's not a real there, – there's no actual slate erasing happening on December 31st. <laughs> you don't get to start over. It's just that – I mean it's an arbitrary time, totally arbitrary. I get that and I admit that. But because everyone else was doing it, I was doing it. Like, And it was just fun to kind of think like – this is a date that is for making changes. And mm-hmm. from this point on, things are going to be different. And that's that's not the good way to think about it. Right? You don't want to think just because there's a new number at the end of the calendar year that suddenly it's going to be easier than ever before for you to stop smoking or start running. Or like, you know, that it doesn't matter at all. It does not make it any easier the fact that you're in a new year. So that's where people go wrong about it. But I think people blow it off and just say, ah, oh, New Year's resolutions, they don't work. I, I think that's a mistake just because it's an opportunity like most people don't think about they don't make changes like that they don't think about goals they don't make plans for the future really so even if new year's resolutions aren't that likely to work or if new year's is a totally arbitrary date you know the earth is at this particular spot on a ship around the sun totally arbitrary it's still a chance to like take a shot at doing something new and i think i think that's a cool thing Oh yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. I think that it's just a a dedicated time each year when you can step back, reflect on the things you've done over the past twelve months, and and what you want to do for the next ones. And when it comes to running, you know, for the most of most of us, our season, our running season, our race season has is over now, and the new one will begin in a few months. So it's kind of a, it really is more than just a symbolic day. It really is a good opportunity to reflect back on the year as far as what we've done running and set new goals and position ourselves uh, to set new new running goals and pick different races that we're interested in for the for the coming year. Right, exactly. And and the holidays are, you know, they finish up. Everyone's got holiday parties. So December tends not to be the healthiest month for people <laughs> or the highest energy month. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things. There's a lot of stress going on with holidays. There's a lot of physical stress that you're giving to your body when you go party or eat feast or whatever it is. But it's like that all ends around Christmas time. For some people, I guess it, it goes on to New Year's, and, and I'm one of those people sometimes. <laughs> Not so much since I've had kids, but um, I don't know. It's just like it's like that stuff's out of the way, and now right. it's time to get back to normal life. And, you know, I, I really like the idea. I used to not really care about this part, but the reflecting on the previous year mm-hmm. I think is a pretty valuable thing to actually yeah. – because that's, that's one thing that is just missing from most people's New Year's process is – there's there's never the accountability check-in to the new year's thing so like we can certainly talk about ways that you can create that accountability but at an absolute minimum you should have you should have to face the next year one year later the question of did i actually do this or not and then in a much more broader sense like what was good about this past year how am i taking what am i carrying with me into the new year like what what of stuff that worked really well am i just going to do more of and magnify in the new year and then what stuff really didn't work out at all this year? What did I learn from that? And then what can I take from what I learned of that into the new year? So those are, I, I just kind of went through them quickly, but that's actually questions that, that I would recommend you actually sit down and, and do. And this is like, this is, again, why I've always happened to like just have time off. A lot of people do. At, between Christmas and New Year's, sure. work is often slow. For whatever reason, I've, I've never actually had to like, go to work during those periods like <laughs> like literally it just i didn't in high school and then college you get a long break college yeah. you get like a whole month after in january almost right off. yeah and then my my job i had after college which was only like two years the guy for some reason gave everyone off from like the 21st of december through new year's it was just like wow. a 
thing they did all the that's time. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. It was the music industry, so that maybe that's probably why they collapsed. But you know, in general, the offices that I've worked in, that there's really the, the two weeks around Christmas and leading up to New Year's are always dead, and everyone jokes about how nothing gets done. You know, right? So, but, so in theory, there's more time, especially once Christmas is done. Right. That that week between Christmas and New Year's that has always been my favorite one. Um, you just have time. So like. I would imagine that 90% of people listening to this don't actually sit down and write stuff out. Like write, when I say, when, I'm, you know, when we give ideas, things you should think about, things you should ask yourself, I understand that most people don't actually take the time to go sit down with a pen and paper. What I'm asking you to do is actually do that. Or, or your laptop, I mean, whatever, it doesn't have to be handwritten. But actually take the time, like it could be a half hour, go to a coffee shop at some point if you can get away, and try to do that a couple times for a half hour. And like, just do that. So write down answers to those questions. Like what worked last year? How am I going to magnify that and amplify that stuff and bring that into the next year? What didn't work last year? What did I learn from that? And then how can I improve next year based on what I learned? So like very, very simple, but you could fill easily a half hour answering those questions if you actually were writing down. And, and like, it's hard to get started. The ball kind of takes a while to get rolling, I feel like, when you start writing. But if you start writing the answer to what worked out really well this year or just like mm-hmm. what what am i grateful for this year after you've done it for a minute and a half all of a sudden you know the ink is kind of flowing and you can you can write for 10 minutes on that like it's not yeah. that hard to come up with stuff once you get over that initial hump and kind of break down those little limitation barriers we have of just kind of being weird about doing stuff like that mm-hmm. so i think that one trap that people fall into though is is they focus too much on the negative so things that maybe resolutions they started this time last year they haven't actually thought about in 12 months or or just even bigger ones that they were working towards and just it didn't work out it didn't fail so how do, how do people um focus on the positive ones or get past the the negative ones that, that they weren't able to to succeed with? I, for some reason that has been something that i don't i don't have a good answer for that but i know i've always somehow have done that well and this is when like with the whole boston qualifying thing right. every single race when i was trying to qualify i had convinced myself that i was going to qualify or had a good chance of qualifying that day even though i really in hindsight didn't at all because many of those days i was missing it by 30 or 40 minutes so like it felt like a total failure right after that but just as soon as as soon as those five minutes of feeling like it was a failure were passed mm-hmm. all of a sudden i was able to turn it around and say here I am with a new PR now. I'm in a new spot. I've never, I've never been able to start training for a race with this as my PR. So I'm closer than I've ever been before. Mm-hmm. And and I realize that's not, you know, intellectually it might not be so easy just to apply that thinking to your own problem. But you know, it's it's just you need to just not get caught up on those failures. Like failure is an essential part of succeeding in anything. It's just it's how yeah. it is. It's said all the time. The people who succeed the most are the ones who also have failed the most. You yeah. just don't hear about the failures that much. So. Well, really, get used to it, and that—that's kind of where the the clean slate thing plays in, right? Because you, you know, you were if after each marathon when you failed, you had a clean slate to train for the next one, and you you know were built up to with this new PR. That's kind of where the new that that's how the January first seems like a good the you know the whole clean slate mentality yeah, exactly. seems like a totally right. good one because you can wipe out the last twelve months even if you failed, you can learn from them and take those and let that build you up with this new open year that you have yeah and that's and like while that is an illusion like there's nothing clean about it as we said it's just an arbitrary point mm-hmm. there's no reason you can't use that way of thinking to help you right i mean like sure. if you let that trick you into saying well now it's going to be easy to stop smoking since it's 2015 instead of 2014 then you're making a mistake but if you but if you let that be the reason that you don't dwell on failure that you say i have a new chance here that's fantastic i think that's what it's for like that's that's how i think it is meant to be used yeah so what I would recommend higher than anything, more than anything else here, is that you just don't wait until December 31st to decide what you're doing, right? So, like, that, I think that's one of the most important things of this whole thing is that I don't care that much if you do any sort of reflection on the past year. I think it's a good thing to do. It's a great habit to be in, mm-hmm. and it's fun and peaceful, and it just feels good to look back and kind of especially to recognize the things that worked out because most of the time – we dwell on failures and we just let our successes, we don't recognize them. So like I, I have this thing um, in, in my wake up program that is called like a, your, your victories list and your list of all these things you've done in your life, even if they're really small things, but just things that make you feel good. And 
I suggest everyone have one and you just add to it. If you remember that you, I don't know, threw a struck out the side in little league one time when you were pitching, like <laughs> add that to your list. Cause that's cool that you did that. And like, it's just another thing to make you feel good. So you can go back and look at this list. <laughs> I've heard someone else call it a greatest hits list. And I oh. think that's a better name for it. It's oh, like, is, it's just all name. these moments when you've done really cool things, uh-huh. no matter how big or how small, but I think everyone should have that list and you don't need to put a lot of time into it. Like it's fun to put the first 20 things down when you sit there, but then just have it and then, and have it in a notebook that you hopefully use. And then when you remember one, go write a new one in there. All right. So quick, anyway. quick question: What are yes. your what are your top three greatest hits? <laughs> I won't remember them all. Uh, qualifying <laughs> for Boston definitely won. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I I was on the golf team in high school, uh-huh. and there was this kid who like was the state champion, and and I had really no business like playing against him even, but somehow I managed. He was on our home course, and I, I like played the round of my life and and like <laughs> beat the crap out of him uh-huh. this one day, and it was awesome. <laughs> so that's that's one. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I think creating no meat athlete and just having yeah, yeah. having set up things so that that's my job. That's I'm pretty proud of that. So cool. Not no meat athlete radio. It's not no meat athlete radio is, is not there, but I should. Well, add that it's one. it's one of the ongoing hits, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, now we've been recognized by greatest as one yeah, of the 19 muscles, so that's a greatest hit moment. <laughs> anyway, right, what right. what I was saying is that it doesn't really matter to me whether or not you do the reflection process. I think that's a cool thing, but you don't have to. But the essential thing I think is to decide on what you're going to do at this year. If you're going to be setting goals now, decide on that before your start date. And so Leo from Zen Habits, <laughs> who, who we mention every single episode, uh, no meat athlete brought to you by <laughs> Leo. Zanet. He, uh, he told me that when he, when he quit smoking, when he finally made it work, one of the big differences between that and his previous failed attempts was that, he didn't just quit on the spot and say, okay, I quit smoking. I'm done now. This is a new attempt to stop. Because as you probably have noticed, if you've tried to break a habit before and you just quit something and then you just decide on the spur moment, like, okay, I'm done now. That most of the time doesn't work. It just, it, and, and as you do it more and more and fail more and more, you just kind of learn this lesson that <clears throat> these attempts don't work. So like every attempt gets more and more feeble, but what Leo said worked really well for him and what has been demonstrated to work. It's, it's not just him. And this is a, a principle that is known to work is deciding in advance, hopefully like a week or even two weeks in advance when that quit date is going to be. So, you know, you have until this point to keep doing this habit. Hopefully you have enough, uh, I don't know, energy behind it and desire to quit that even in the days leading up to that quit date, you can sort of start to reduce it or, or just take any steps you can. But mainly that period is to, is to teach your brain that this is an important thing. Like, so that it's not just, I can quit smoking anytime I want because when you fall into that pattern, it stops working and you just, you, you quit smoking and then you start the next morning because it did, or you start as soon as you have a drink or, you know, whatever it is. But when you have a quit date, it becomes important. There's this waiting period. So you have to wait. And then it's like, if I, if I don't do it this time, then I've, if that's your new thing, like I have to set up a gap between when I quit and then it's not so easy to like, just say, Oh, well, I'll, I'll try to quit again tomorrow. Right, because you have to set up a new quit date. So having a little gap between when you set the goal, I would say a week is good. Like do it around and like a couple days after Christmas, make New Year's your start date. That gives you brain. It just tells your brain this is an important thing and this matters to me. Lets you, especially if you're excited about the change, actually gives you some time to anticipate it and like look forward to doing this. So you build up energy. Besides that, though, you can actually like do stuff in the real world to to help start doing it. So let's say you were going to start a running habit and that was your thing and you decided on i don't know christmas day or the day after that you were going to start you were going to say say run a half marathon and you've never run before in 2015 what you should do then is make may 2015 or january 1st the day that you officially start running and you might be going out for a two minute or five minute run if you listen to some of the other stuff we've talked about with the really small steps but what you can do in that week is all kinds of accountability things and just things that kind of make it less of an obstacle to start to start running. So if you need to go get running shoes because you've never owned running shoes before, you have a whole week to do that, right? So you, right. So you go yeah. get the stuff, get running clothes, then create the accountability by telling other people what you're going to do, mm-hmm. find a partner who's going to do something with it like that. With So you can do all this stuff in the meantime between when you set this thing and when your start date is. Right. Uh, so it's just it's an extremely useful principle. I I absolutely love like that's one of the most important pieces of advice I can give about goal setting around New Year's 
is yeah. is just don't don't try to set the goal and start it in the same day. Just give yourself some time in between there. So when you're when it's a goal you're really excited about. So if if it's training for a half marathon or something, and, and you're excited about that goal, and you have this opportunity to anticipate it and buy new shoes that get you even more excited, and that launch day is just you know January first, that day that you that you end up actually running kind of is a celebratory launch date that time period that you're talking about makes a lot of sense but what if you're what if you're dreading what if it's smoking or quit drinking or not eating sweets or something like that that you're really kind of dreading you know you almost have the, the that extra week to talk yourself out of it or something right i mean how do you yeah how, no I, th- I think if you're dreading a change like that then you're not going to be successful at making it like it's <laughs> okay. that simple really like yeah. you have that's like the number one Thing that has to start the whole process is you have to really really want to change badly or else it's not going to last right yeah i think that, that that's kind of a a different subject i guess a little bit but it's it's uh super important to keep in mind Sorry. yeah right and i would say like you need to you need to figure out before you even do the process of setting a goal and thinking about when your quit date is or start date or whatever it is you need to kind of increase the I don't know the leverage that you have on yourself mm-hmm. by, and this is th- like when I when I wanted to become vegan, but I didn't really want to become vegan. <laughs> like right. I kind of sought out the things that I knew would make me want that more. So like I went and watched the Earthlings documentary. Right. You can you can go you can go more in depth than that. You can go like I don't know, go visit a. I guess you can't really visit a factory farm too well, but <laughs> but you could visit a regular farm and see the actual animals when they're happy, uh-huh. uh, or I, sh- I should say a farm sanctuary type place because you know those animals on a farm may not be happy. But, you know, get yourself so you actually want to change. Because if you don't, then you, you have very, very, almost no chance of actually doing it. Like, unless you have a strong desire to quit smoking. So, like, let, let's say it was smoking. And let's say you are kind of dreading it just because you love smoking so much. Before you attempt to quit smoking, you need to make yourself stop loving smoking so much mm-hmm. and start really, really wanting not to quit. So, like, go look at, you know, what a smoker's lungs look like. If you have children who knows get get them involved or like think about how how you're going to be on their wedding day or maybe you won't even be there for their wedding day if you keep like just try to like i don't know do what you can and not just thought exercise but i think as much as you can go watch something see something visit something start to just change change what you associate pain and pleasure to this by the way is like tony robbins stuff all this is mm-hmm. i'm using much of his exact language here but, but talk to how it affects your kid. Talk to your kids about how it affects them and your yeah. Anything that's going to like increase your emotional intensity around the thing that you want to change uh, and, and make you stop love. Because if if you love smoking, you know you're not you're not in any kind of place to give up smoking. You're just not right. going to. And you know I think that that that's part of what gives New Year's resolutions such a bad rap is that it's a good opportunity for people to. Um, or an obvious opportunity for people to say, you know, I should probably lose 10 pounds or I should quit smoking. So that's going to be my resolution for the year. But they don't really want to do it. They have no drive to do it other than they think that they probably should. So that's what they tell people. That's what they write down on their list. Uh, you know, but then they never get started because, like you said, they don't really want it. Right. You ready for another Tony Robbinsism? Oh, I'm so ready. He says, people who do that, they say, I should do this, I should do this. They end up shooting all over themselves, uh. <laughs> and and what you need to do is make it a must, right? It can't like nobody gets their shoulds. You just you just don't like they. We have a million things we should do, but very very few things that we absolutely must do. But mm-hmm. when your doctor tells you that you're going to die of a heart attack if you don't change your diet immediately, then suddenly for a lot of people that becomes a must. For some people it doesn't, and they probably die. But like people who, who it becomes things become a must, and that's when all of a sudden. Once it becomes a must, then you're, then that's when that switch happens where all of a sudden the loving smoking turns into hating smoking. Mm-hmm. And none of this is to say that it's become simple to change. Like this is just the prerequisite. You have to really want to change. It's still going to be hard even if you don't love smoking anymore. If, if that habit is still so ingrained in your body or the habit of not running is so ingrained that even if you hate being fat it you know so much that you really want to change, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy to start running. It's just that's the prerequisite. You have to really want to change. Then there's a matter of doing all the habit change stuff. That's where the small steps, the one change at a time, all that stuff kind of comes into play to help you. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's by far the biggest advice I can give you is space out when you set this goal to to between you know like this this week between Christmas and New Year's is sort of like your your power week. This is like the week that gives you the edge on everyone who's you know waiting till December thirty first to pick. And it's not we're not competing with other people, but. <laughs> To me, it's just that I like thinking of it that way. Like this is this is a special this is a leg up on everyone else that I 
am doing, or like a leg up on the way I used to change compared to that. However you want to think of it. But like, this is your advantage, is that you actually are using this week to do other stuff. This episode, this thing's going to air long before that week. So I keep saying this week, but like, that's not what I mean. Uh, if you've got more time, I think it's even better to do this before then. Like, if you can manage to do this thing, do a little reflection process of what happened, look back, do that in the first half of December, which by the time you listen to this episode, it's got to be pretty soon. And if you can, do like, if you, whatever your goal setting process is, if you can do that before Christmas, like December, I don't know, 20th or something, if you have time to do that, that's even better. It just gives you more time to kind of create, do all the things that sort of bring that goal into the real world in between when when you decide on it and when you're actually starting it. Mm-hmm. What do you think about using that week to to binge on whatever uh, <laughs> whatever you're trying to give up? So you know if it's a if you know if you're a vegetarian and you want to go vegan, you're just eating a truckload of pizza. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think having like a binge day is is not a bad way to create changes. Like having just a say you're going to stick to a healthy diet, but Saturday from, I don't know, noon till 6 p.m. is going to be your you-can-do-anything-you-want period going forward. Like, that's that's not a bad thing, having a binge day. Right. That's included in a lot of things that have worked really well. The Body for Life program, which is like the workout program that I first got into fitness with back mm-hmm. in college, that had a that. One one day a weekend, the entire day, you could eat anything you want. And you were Cheat encouraged. Yeah, yeah, you were encouraged mm-hmm. to, like, really go crazy with it because that would then – you wouldn't want to cheat the rest of the time. So I think, I think Tim Ferriss says that. Actually. Yeah, yeah, and that's the other person. In his four-hour body, he talks a lot about the cheat day. Mm-hmm. In his, I think it's a slow-carb diet. Um, I don't think it's a good thing for actually creating a change. Though. Like, <laughs> No, it, it's good. If that's part of the process, that's fine. But having it in there like as a this is my last chance, that that to me is a sign that you still really love this thing. Right, right. And you don't really – because if you really wanted to get in shape and you like truly, really, really wanted that, you would view that binging as a setback. And and it would just be like I don't I don't really want to do that. Yeah, you know I've I've heard people say that sort of thing, but I I think in general that's that's not a good it's kind of an excuse. I agree, definitely. <laughs> just wanted to yeah. hear your opinion. Um, yeah. So let's see. As far as goal, we haven't really I guess done like a goal setting podcast episode. We may have actually we did one a while ago, like before we recommitted ourselves to this. So if you look back in the yeah. podcast archives, there's one that we did. I think it was around Christmas time. I was in my mom's basement, I remember, and probably probably two to three years ago. But anyway, we did it, we did something about goal setting, and, and my goal setting process has probably changed since then, but we said this in the gift guide episode, which was, I think, our last episode. Um, there's, a, there's a book by Seth Godin and Zig Ziglar that Seth did, I think after Zig died, but I'm not positive. It might have been before Zig died, actually, um, but he worked on Zig's program, revamped it, and put it out in this little book called Pick Four, and it comes in a four-pack. You can get it on Amazon. I think it's still available there. But that's a really good, concise little goals process that has all the elements of a, of a much larger goals process. And I think it's it's such it's like a small little book. It's not, it's not even like a full dimensions size book. It's just like a little half of a book, mm-hmm. uh, a little notebook. But it, it, I don't know. To me, that's uh, a very unintimidating approach to goal setting if you've never done it before. Yeah. So it kind of walks you through the process of like first getting out all the ideas, all the like remove all the barriers of limitation, just dream all you want. And then once you've done that, once you've gotten all that out on the page, then it asks you to like think realistically and like say, okay, which of these things am I really willing to put the work in for? Because that's, that's a huge question. And like people get hung up there with goal setting a lot. They set the crazy, crazy goals. And then they'll, they'll and I'm all for having the big, unreasonable, crazy goal. Like that, that makes sense. But it's got to be one that you're willing to do the work that it takes to get there. There's a big difference between that and the goal that you're not really willing to work for, but it's still out there and crazy. Mm-hmm. So this process just kind of helps walk you through that, and, and you eliminate the ones that you're not willing to do. And you end up with just four, which is a pretty approachable number for goals. I mean, four different areas. I wouldn't try to set four goals in one single area, but spread across your life. You might have a relationship goal. You might have a work goal, a physical body goal, and then some other one. It's a very, very good program. It's what I've been doing for the past... Uh, probably six weeks or so, and every single day you check in, as we said in the in the gift guide episode, you check in, write what you did towards each goal, and then you answer the question, is this enough? And that's been really good. So I would highly recommend that. Pick Four by Seth Godin. Have you been doing the Pick Four for the past six weeks? I've been doing it. I've been – it was six weeks ago that I started it. When cool. this move started, uh-huh. I stopped filling out my things. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to pick it up as soon as – really as soon as I humanly like can actually do that. <laughs> like I just went to New York yesterday and came back – 
no, I went to New York two days ago, came back yesterday. It, it's just, and like, you see the condition of my house is like just a disaster <laughs> right now. So anyway, these are all good excuses, but, um, but yeah, it's a great, it's a great program. And like, it's, it's one of the best things I've done so far. As far as every, when I, when you answer that question, is this enough every day? That's so powerful and like just cuts through all the crap that you wrote down as like you were trying to dig and find things to write down. Right. And then it says, is this enough? And if you're just honest with yourself, cause it's not for anyone but you, uh-huh. it's like, like, yeah, yes or no. It's very, very clear whether I did enough today to get towards where I'm trying to go. Right. So I would highly recommend that one if you haven't done a goals program before, or even if you have. But you could you could do the stuff in there in like probably over the span of one to two hours. I think he tells you at one point to sleep on this list, and then you start the next morning again. So you'd need one to two days, but total time doing it is probably under two hours. Yeah. So if you haven't done a program like that, do it. I mean, just like like I said, no one really goes that extra step of writing down stuff. A few people do, but. Not a lot. So I that you know that could be potentially life changing if you've never taken the time to actually write down goals. Like just do it. It, it takes a, an hour of your time, and the payoff potentially is enormous. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm a walking example. Yeah, as we <laughs> mentioned in the last episode, you gave me this book last Christmas, probably, mm-hmm. uh, and it eventually led me to to quit my job in DC, and and my wife and I relocated down here in North Carolina, and we're doing. Things that we that we love way more than what we were doing up there. Yeah, there you go. So, and, yeah. and and you know, and I'm I've never been a huge goals person or habit change person. You've kind of gotten me into it, but it really was um, that that program that was the first time that I'd ever done anything like that before. Yeah, and, and that's read cool. it all out, and and it was it was life changing for me. Yeah, and that's a good point to emphasize. Is like you don't have to be a a huge goals personal development nut to to have a set of written goals. It's like, and if, and if you're not going to do a whole program, at least write down what your goals are and have it somewhere where you can see it or where you remember. Because a lot of these, a lot, if you don't have a system in place, a lot of the problem is just that you forget. Like mm-hmm. people set their new year's goal or new year's resolution. They do it. And then two weeks later, they realize that they haven't done the exercise. They haven't gone to the gym or whatever for five days because you just like, people just forget about their goal. They, yeah. they miss one day, they get back on and then, and then they forget. And they forget to even check in. And that's why I said at the very least, check in at the end of the year. Have some sort of process in place where there's some point where you check in and say, did I actually do what I said I was going to do? Much, much better would be to have that weekly or with the Seth Godin thing every day. Daily, like, yeah. yeah. So have some sort of system in place that just doesn't let you forget about what you decided you're going to do. So what do you think about um, – it's easy to think at, on the beginning of the year when you're setting these New Year's resolutions, it's easy to think about – year-long goals versus five-year goals or three-month goals do you think that this is that people should really be focusing on the on the year-long thing or should they be looking at shorter goals um i don't i don't think a year is actually a particularly good time frame for a goal right i know it's it's nice it's convenient to have a one-year goal because you can envision yourself one year from now Mm -hmm. same season same everything except you're a year in advance and you have this goal um I think it's not the most effective time frame, though. I think it's much, much easier to focus on the steps required to get a three-month goal. Like right. A year is a little bit too big for that, and yet a year is not big enough, usually, to to achieve some major, huge change you want to change. Mm-hmm. And that's where that statement comes from that says we, what is it, overestimate what we can achieve in a year and underestimate what we can achieve in a decade. Right. So have the goal that's far out there and like have the three-year vision. You don't even need to have this as a goal, but like some thing where this is leading towards and then i think i think have have three month goals you can have a one year like thing where like a check-in like i should be here in one year mm-hmm. but where you're focusing on in the day-to-day is is probably on something that you're working on some stepping stone towards your your one year or three-year goal that that is very visible you can make visible progress change sorry you can make actual progress towards that like in the next three months like you can achieve this stepping stone in three months yeah i think if, if it's too far if it's much farther than that it's, it just seems too far out there to really feel like there's any urgency to today. Yeah. Uh, and there's, I think, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast or not, but there's a book called The 12 Week Year. And I read it right around the end of last year. Jason Fitzgerald actually recommended it to me. Uh, but that's really good. It just, it just changes the framework into all of a sudden, instead of one year to, to like set goals for, you have four different years. You have, you have three, sorry, you have four 12 week years or four three month years. And, 
I don't know. It's really fun. It's really fun to just look at three months and say, three months from now, I'm going to have this and this and this created in my life. And they can't be humongous out there goals. They've got to be things that are sort of realistic. But you want there to be that reach for it. Yeah, and the idea here is that, like, if if you do that, that means every twelve weeks you're going to have a week where it's a deadline week. And and when you have a deadline and you're up against it, that's when a lot of stuff gets done. Like people mm. really do make a lot of stuff. It's also a nice thing about the short time is there's just not really enough time to forget about it. And there's not enough time to to think, ah, I can just wait till tomorrow. Yeah, because to there's urgency. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a good book, the 12-week year. I forget who the authors are. But uh, that would that would serve just as well as the Pick 4 book if you wanted a shorter time. The Pick 4 book, actually, it doesn't have a time frame on it. Those goals you can pick for any time frame you want. Right. Um, but the 12-week year is all about three-month goals, 12-week goals. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that's another great place to start. Yeah, I, I really like the idea of, you know, if you're – not a runner, but you have this dream of running a marathon to not set running a marathon as the goal, but, um, you know, looking at the steps that it takes to get there and focusing on those steps as those are your goals for, so in the next three months, I'm going to learn how to run a 5k. And so, and just totally almost forget about the marathon. Still have it in the back of your mind, of course, but that not, that shouldn't be the focus. The 5k should be the focus and that should be really what you're celebrating, what you're working towards and what you're, yeah. you know. Yep. And I think, I mean, a lot, the problem comes in with like someone like me who is not motivated at all by the 5k or 10k distance like even when i was not a runner it did not excite me to think about running a 5k or 10k even though i couldn't have done it at the time i was not in shape to do it what was exciting was thinking about running a marathon yeah so i think i think it's really important to to have and i think this varies from person to person but but your goal that you're focused on should probably be the one that most motivates you right now to go take action right so if if and this happened to me before when I, when I set the goal to run a hundred miler and I had, I think I had run a 50, but I felt like I was nowhere near hundred mile shape. That goal then was too big because I, I never even set out to do it. So like a goal can be too big. I, I never even started the training because it just seemed overwhelming. So that was an example of a goal that did not motivate me to take action in the moment because it was too big. Similarly, before I started running, if my goal had been trained for a 10 K a six mile run, I probably wouldn't have done that because it wouldn't have been excited, not big enough to motivate me to take action. For me, mm-hmm. marathon was there. I would say if you're just a brand new runner, like I, so I went from non-runner to marathon in like six months. I think I had run a little bit before that uh, as part of just a fitness program, but not not as being a runner. And that was way too fast. Like I, I could have had such a better first marathon experience if I would have taken a year to get there or two years. Right. And I think that's what you're suggesting. It's it's if you're not a runner at all, make marathon like the. I don't know, year and a half to two year vision type goal. Yeah. But figure out the steps that are required to get there. First one's five K and it's like, okay, set to work on this five K and, and then yeah, try to make that your your focal point, your your thing that motivates you, that you celebrate, but you know in the back of your mind what it's really for. Right. And and, and maybe the five K isn't nearly as exciting and isn't nearly as motivating as the marathon. But when you run that five K, you can celebrate the fact that you're now that much closer to the marathon. Goal. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I think I think that's a really good principle. I think it really does depend on the person. Like some people are just more motivated by big goals. Some people are more motivated by different time frames of goals. Like the the three the twelve week thing will work for a lot of people. The one year thing will work for some people, and then having a just a bigger vision is going to be the bigger motivated. I think it really depends on on who you are and what what kind of thing motivates you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't have too much else to say about this. I, I would also add, which I've said a lot of times in blog posts. But don't be afraid of that big goal. Like like we've kind of hinted at that so far, but there's so much power in that big goal that motivates you because if you have to set a goal, like if it's not just something you can go do tomorrow, then that means it's out of reach right now and it means to get there, there are going to be obstacles that you have to overcome to get there. So you're going to hit the obstacles no matter what. You might as well have something that where the reward, like in terms of how you'll feel, or maybe it is an actual reward of some kind, where that reward is just so motivating to you that you're going to power through those obstacles. And th- that's that's kind of the, I don't know, the rationale for thinking that a large goal might even be more likely to be achieved than a smaller one. Mm-hmm. Not just like better payoff, uh, but but actually more likely to actually achieve because the smaller one is, is, is boring and you'll give up on it. Yeah. So, and, I, and I, think, I think we don't have the tendency, there are people who do it, but the tendency I think in our culture is to like drastically underestimate what you can do. So I think there's there's not much need to warn people, like, don't set your goals 
too, too big. big. Right. Yeah. The problem is people just they just don't they're so used to thinking that we can't do anything, so we just set them small. We're afraid of failing, mm-hmm. all that stuff, which is which is a topic for a whole other podcast. How to that'd be a good one talking about failure. <laughs> but um, write that one down. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I, I think that's about it. I don't, I know, I know that now, like the the podcast airwaves are, I imagine, cluttered with people talking about New Year's and inspiration, and same with the blog posts, feeds, and everything else. But it's a topic that I really like, and I haven't heard too many people talk about this idea of using December as your like your big period to gear up for New Year. We, we there are tons and tons of blog posts and articles about about how to make your New Year's resolutions last, and like, and they'll have the basic goal setting advice. But I haven't heard many people just say just push everything back two weeks or one week or whatever it is and do that then and then have that space in between when you set the goal and when you actually start it. And during that space is when you do anything, you overcome whatever obstacles there are that you can do in advance. As I mentioned, super important is the accountability. Tell people you're going to do it. More than that, though, get someone enlisted to be a partner for you. Like either they're training for their same thing too and you're not going to let each other down because that's a huge motivator. Like if you if you arrange that you're going to meet someone at 6.30 a.m. to run, every day you're so much more likely to get out of bed and show up for that thing than you are if it's just you because it's so easy to roll over and, and not do it if it's you right so but but they've got to be involved if they're just people who like if you just announce on social media that you're going to be doing something that does very little for your chances mm-hmm. of actually doing it but you can also even if they're not running the same thing or or losing the same amount of weight you know if they're if they also just have a big goal and you can hold them accountable for that big goal and they'll hold you accountable for yours then yeah or even if they don't want to make a change but but they are willing to be your partner and like not let you slack off and like you're going to set up a whatever a google spreadsheet or you're going to check in on facebook every day at 7 10 after you've done your workout Mm -hmm. and you have to send them an email or check in or something with them and they're going to you know give you hell if you don't do it or or maybe maybe you pay them 25 bucks if you don't do something yeah i was gonna ask what do you think of the monetary uh, I did it with Leo once, it was, and it worked. It yeah. got me to write. It was when I was trying to write my book. I had, to, I think, I had to write for half an hour a day, or else I had to pay him twenty five dollars. <laughs> and uh, and I think I paid him like one time, maybe two, but every other day for a whole month or whatever it was, I I went and wrote for half an hour, and I would have never done that if it wasn't for that. So hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think it's kind of artificial, and I think as we've talked about before, if you don't have that really strong desire to change, eventually any of those these kind of things you set up are going to collapse if there's not that underlying push to change it uh but but if you if you do have that then as many of these tactics as you can do will help you and really that that's another huge thing is like don't pick one put put 10 different things in place that are here to help you keep going mm-hmm. they can be they can be the monetary thing they could be checking in with a friend i mean whatever you want you, they could be the seth Godin goals program where you're checking in every single day right. but like if you can stack up 10 of these things you're so much more likely to change than someone who just says oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna do this and, yeah. then, and that's it yeah so I think that's plenty. Uh, hopefully this has been new for some people. I would imagine that it is because it's kind of – I haven't heard it elsewhere. But uh, I also hope that, that uh, you know, just, just for general inspiration and, like, if you're someone who's never really thought about goals or even someone who doesn't take New Year's, you know, just sort of laughs off and, and points out – because there's always that guy who likes to point out how New Year's resolutions don't last and 80% <laughs> of them are done. And, like, don't be that guy. That's just like an idiot guy. <laughs> like, go – like, yes, okay, it doesn't work very well for most people. So we don't need someone to go tell us about it. Like, why not Change find that, out yeah. what does make it work and yeah. go do that? Yeah, or encourage people who are doing that. So, I don't know. Don't be that guy. Not a good guy. <laughs> well, not to put you on the spot, but – yeah, I think it's only fair to ask. Uh, what are your? Do you have any big goals for that you've thought about already for twenty fifteen? <laughs> I don't really. I I was actually I have a coach. I don't. I think I've talked about this. I have a a coach guy who I talk to every week uh, about stuff. And and I was pointed out today that I didn't really have anything yet that was driving me. But I don't know. I feel like I'm in sort of this whole clean slate situation, even aside from New Year's, mm-hmm. with having just moved to a new house and. I don't know, just wrapped up some projects. It just feels like I'm kind of at a new beginning. So I'm really in the spirit to, to do that. And I don't have anything right now. I'd, I'd love to run another marathon this year and make actual progress towards a three-hour marathon. Uh, I've, I've stumbled on that a lot, I think. I, I've, three or four times now I've said in blog posts or somewhere that like I'm thinking about that and I think I'm pretty serious about ready to make a run at that. What's, what's hard for me now is when I was trying to qualify for Boston uh, – 
I, I was naive enough that every time I could believe that I was going to do it in this next time. <laughs> now I'm not naive enough to believe. I've, I've been through too much. I know that I'm two marathons away at least from that. I, I take mm-hmm. a full, a good solid, whatever, 16, 18 week training program to get back into a decent running shape where I could, where I could run anything close to a 310 marathon. Uh, probably not even, probably, probably 315, who knows. But so the fact that like I know I have to go through all that goes into a single marathon and like that and all the of the just marathon day the pain of that race mm-hmm. all much less everything else that comes before it and then that's only the that's only the like halfway point maybe and and then it could turn into another Boston thing where it takes me six tries instead of two and just so I think that's kind of holding me up yeah. uh, which is good and I, and I, if anyone does have feedback on how because I'm I mean I'm I like this goal setting stuff. I think I'm better at it than most people just from having practiced it a lot and, and did the whole Boston thing. But I'm I'm not an expert at it, and I, I'm not uh, infallible at all when it comes to this. So if there if there is advice, uh, I'd be happy to hear it. But that that's on my radar. Run a fast marathon, mm-hmm. and you know if I could get down anywhere near three hours, that would be awesome. But I think I'm I think I'm two away from that or three. Yeah, well, you got to get started. You got to start now. Or... I, I kind of do, and that, yeah. that's what it is. How about you? Do you have goals planned? Um, I actually, I do. I've been kind of been working through a few different goal sheets recently and, mm-hmm. um, have some, some business goals for goals for my site, Rocket Gunner. And then I, you know, I, I hope to run another hundred this year mm-hmm. and have some, depending on the course, have different time goals for, have a couple of different options there. Nice. And, and then the other one, uh, you know, just like you, Clean Slate moved to a new place is, our, my wife and I both have joint goal to really kind of set our roots in the community a little bit better and nice. get involved within the Black Mountain Nashville community and really kind of make it mm-hmm. more of a home than, than it has been for the past six months. Which so, is the rationale for your for your party invitation that I got. That's right. That's right. That's would, <laughs> would you be kind enough to extend that invitation to anyone listening to this podcast <laughs> if they'd like to show up in your home? Yeah, if you can figure out uh, when and, and where it is, <laughs> then, you're you can, then you're welcome to be there. <laughs> good. And Matt is not going to put that in the show notes. So. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. And I like joint goals. I've never succeeded at, at doing it. You know what? Okay, I'll tell one more story and then we'll be done. Um, and this this is where I learned this whole process about starting your goals ahead of time is this was midway through the Boston qualifying journey. I had run a three thirty six or something at, at uh, shamrock in Virginia beach. Mm-hmm. And I was disappointed because I really thought that I, that I could do it. And I ended up having some little injury or something and it just didn't work out. Uh, and it, it, as it turned out, even if I wasn't injured, it, it would not have worked out. I know that because I had three more races to go before I got there, but I took like a six month break after that because I, I had a stress fracture in my foot that happened during the race very minute little thing, but I found out it was a stress fracture. So I said, okay, I'm gonna take three weeks off for something from running. Just let things heal up, stop feeling disappointed in that time and gear up for the, for whatever's next. Like I had done before. Uh, and somehow that turned into like six months. So I don't know, I guess that, that marathon was in January. No, I think it was in March. Um, and I took six months off and then my wife and I decided together, I think it was like in that December, I think we, we had both started running a little bit. We decided together that we were going to run a marathon because you sorry run a half marathon just to get back into running because she was in the same sort of position she had run some races before but it'd been a long time since she'd done the marathon so we said we were going to start and just like randomly because it, the timing was right we started on like December twenty seventh or something hmm. not thinking like we're going to get a head start on New Year's or any of that right but we ran, we did all the training runs together we started the twenty seventh and I remember when New Year's hit and suddenly we saw all these other people out on the roads running like it was like we felt like we like owned these roads like, it was like this is our turf and like all these people were like all these little new year's people were showing up like at any gym where it suddenly gets right, put up and, right. and it's a joke like the people who work there say yeah that they'll all be gone in in three weeks from now mm-hmm. and it felt like that and it felt like like that's what i said when i it feels like you have kind of a leg up on everyone else it felt like we were serious about it and no one else was and it was so powerful we both did that race and then like really that was a half marathon charlottesville and i think Six months after that, so I went right into training for another one, Baltimore. So did that six months later. Did Disney three months after that, and then six or whatever, seven months after that, did uh, my wine glass one. And so the, that was that was the start of that, you know, recommitting to that Boston attempt and and doing it. So I don't know. I just love that idea. But that's the last time that my wife and I had 
like a joint goal that we're both really focused on and stuck to. So I'd like to find a way to make that happen. It's sort of I don't. It's just an awkward thing for me, like to do a goal setting with. I feel like it's such a dorky thing, like to do goal <laughs> setting, and it's like to make her do it too. I feel yeah. like just like a. Well, we didn't we didn't necessarily do the whole you know pick okay, four routine or anything like that, but you know, we we have we have a a vision of where we'd like to be this time next year, and kind of how that what what we want our lives to look like this time next year mm-hmm. within the community and ways we can we can get there. And so we, you know we kind of talked that part through, but. Wasn't like a that. formal goal setting. Uh, I think that's good. I think, and that's an, I need to be better at that. But I think that's really good advice. Like, because it, it's it's really hard if you're working towards something, and if your if your partner, whoever you're with, living with, I mean, if if they are going the opposite direction, either because they don't agree with you or because you just didn't tell them their goal, and I think a lot of people do that. Like, people are afraid to share goals. Mm-hmm. Most of all, with those closest to us, like a spouse, it's just like I don't know. You don't want to you don't want to put some big scary goal out there because then if you fail you look silly in front of someone who you really, really care about and respect. Yeah. So I think we tend to keep those things in secrets. And then, and then like they're, they're working against you without realizing it. They're, they're doing different things. Like if you're deciding you're going to lose weight and your spouse is, is bringing home chocolate or whatever, (laughs) because they just don't know that your mindset Mm -hmm. isn't, I'm trying to stop all this stuff. Then, you know, you're, you're killing your chances of making it work. And I like I've done this. I'm I'm definitely guilty of this, but I think that's a really important thing is make sure that when we talk about setting up the accountability and what to do in that week before, that's when you tell that person and get that person on board with with your change. And and to be successful for a lot of these goals, if it's weight loss or uh, running a marathon or something like that, it's really it requires them to commit to that goal as well, not to run it themselves, but they're going to have to make sacrifices sure. yeah. and make changes around the house if it's food or or you know, just being around with the kids while you go train all morning. Um, totally. You know, they're going to have to be on board in order for you to be successful at all. So ha- taking that time to talk to them about that is, is uber important. Right. Like it, like it is hard enough to go get yourself to go train every morning. Right. But if you've got someone else who's like rolling their eyes or like, you know, huffing and puffing angrily at you for doing that, like yeah. that that's just one more thing you don't need at all. In, in, because like I said, you you want to get as many possible things working for you as you can, and eliminate the things that are against you. So that would be a huge one. All right, all right, good enough. Good first podcast in the new space. That's I've great. enjoyed it. Uh, many more to come. Hopefully, hopefully frequently and not as not as long between them as we took this last time. But I'm looking forward to it. Certainly one before the new year, right? Uh, definitely one before the new year. And don't forget to call and leave your questions. That's right. Call that number. Nine one maybe nine five right one no meat one right nom eat one if you want <laughs> nom eat one yeah. yeah or gnome at one any of these could just call one of them <laughs> and leave a message with your question and your name and your location and we'll say we won't say your last name on the air no no unless you want that if you say in the message that you want it to be said I guess we could say it probably even then we wouldn't yeah just All right. to protect ourselves <laughs> although we'll let you say it because we'll be playing it on the air right okay. Don't say your last name. Just don't do that. <laughs> Just say your first name and your location. We obviously haven't thought all this through, but, but we're excited about it. So. All right. Well, thanks stuff. for listening, everyone. This has been fun. We'll see you next time.